He has not been licensed since 2006. Now, the reason why that matters is like in order oh. to maintain a license, you have to put in a certain amount of like education hours to stay current. Also, if you're going to call yourself Dr. Phil, you might want to keep your license. Exactly. <laughs> but he just was like, deuces, I don't like, need Like I already that made the name. People know me as Dr. Phil. Screw that. Yeah, screw that. So he's screwed that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go Deep in the Shallow. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. And I'm Bradley Trainer. And uh, today we thought it would be interesting to get acquainted with um, Dr. Phil McGraw. Mm. Have you heard of Dr. Phil? Uh, of course I've heard of Dr. Phil because <laughs> I lived uh, in the early 2000s slash uh, ever since. Yeah, that's true. I feel you, like that's when we got to learn about Dr. Phil, right? You're pretty close. You'll and tell I'm, me. And I'm an, I am going to tell you, oh my gosh, how did you know how this works? <laughs> um, no, but but here's the deal. So this is, this is what we're working on. This is our, uh, we're going to go deep in the shallow about how Dr. Phil doesn't actually care about your mental health. Okay. He cares about the health of his bank account. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. So that's very, that's like a paper you wrote for, yeah. for school. Yeah, thanks. Which is good because you're in school right it's, now. It's true. And so I'm really <laughs> good at like distilling exactly what I want to say. And now we're going to back it up. So that's the thesis we're working on. Yep. Dr. Phil doesn't really actually care about people's mental health. He, he just wants a big fat bank account. He just wants a big fat bank account. And okay, so let's just dial it all the way back. Like, Let's start at the very beginning. Can I also start it even before the episode? Yeah. We've already talked about Dr. Oz, right? This is true. So he's just one of a of a group, right? Like this yep. is just another chapter in a, a novel that most people don't want to read, but they end up reading because they're up way too late at night. Exactly. So Dr. Phil, um, the, the way that we actually first met Dr. Phil was through Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. So what happened was before we even met Dr. Phil through Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey. In 1990, Phil McGraw was a co-founder of a trial consulting firm called Courtroom Sciences. And he did this with another lawyer by the name of Gary Dobbs. And so what he was what he was doing with that company was providing psychology and trial consulting and witness training for depositions, etc. You know, using his psychology degree because he was a, a psychologist like that, that he actually does hold a doctorate in clinical so, psychology. Um, also like Dr. Oz, actual yeah, doctor entitled exactly. to use the, um, the, <laughs> the title doctor, unlike some people. Uh, don't even... Don't even. <laughs> that was just a pop culture reference. Um. Yes. So anyway, so he, yes, he's actually a doctor and he co-founded this courtroom sciences uh, business with this other, with this lawyer named Gary Dobbs. And so the two of them worked together to consult people on trials. And that is how our friend Oprah Winfrey stumbled upon Phil McGraw. So she, she needed legal advice or what? She did need legal advice oh. because I don't know if you remember the Amarillo beef trial. Oh, God. Of course, that was like the first time that there were cracks in Oprah's empire. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because she had said something about meat and the beef people were like, uh-uh. And so then there was this great big lawsuit. I'm totally, I'm dumbing that all the way down because yeah. it there was more to it than dumb. that. But that's not what, what we called about. We called to <laughs> we talk called about Dr. About Phil. your war warranty that's about to expire. Exactly. So, no, so, so. Oprah was needing, you know, a little extra help with this because this was a big trial. And again, her 
it, uh, her entire what's the word like her whole platform was on trial like Oprah as we know Oprah was on trial yeah. this wasn't just that moment of like she had to answer for something she said it was like everybody's impression of who Oprah was as a human being was going to be on trial. Well, and let's be clear. It came at a time in her career when she had a lot more to lose. Right. If things didn't go in her favor. Exactly. So so she became acquainted with Dr. Phil in, in 1995 during that trial. And he was the consultant on that trial. And then, of course, as things happen with Oprah, who has the Midas touch, she was like, I like this guy. I like the way this guy like shoots from the hip. I like his moxie. I like his moxie. I like the way he does things. I think I should have him on my show. So then she did. And like everybody knows. So I, my husband works in um, PR and he said that when he was working for a firm where he was representing different brands, everybody had the exact same goal. And that goal was... To get, get on, on Oprah. Oprah. Mm-hmm. And he would ju- he said it was like he would have to like manage people's expectations because everybody wants to get on Oprah and not everybody can get on Oprah. Side note, Bradley. Yeah. Your mom has been on I Oprah. I was going to say that was like a sort of marker for uh, our generation. Like, do you know somebody that was on Oprah? And, you know, my mother's claim to fame was she was actually a model on an episode of AM Chicago right before Oprah went national Mm. where the woman whose company she worked for at the time, my mother, uh, Janet Sarton, was a guest on AM Chicago. I don't even know if it was still AM Chicago. Anyway, the moral of the story is my mother was there as Janet Sarton put makeup on her face. And so she, you know, that was her... That was her claim (laughs) to fame. That was her Oprah claim to fame. And we carried around that Betamax tape for years Never watched it because I don't know if you know this. Nobody has a Betamax tape. Not really. And so God only knows what happened to that tape, that record of my mother's, you know, <laughs> one glimpse at stardom. But you'll just have to... Getting her face pounded by a um, <laughs> makeup ever, guru. Sorry. Don't ever say that. I, that's, that's a makeup term, honey. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay, anyway, yes. You. Yes. So I know exactly what... All of the clients yeah. of your husband yes. <laughs> were feeling at the exactly. time. Exactly. So yeah, so so Oprah was like, ah, come on my show. I like what you do. And so she did. She had him on. And then, of course, he uh, caught everybody's attention. And then he decided, okay, like, or she decided, Oprah decided, because Midas touched. She was like, I'm going to make something out of this guy. So that's why she, he started to have a regular a regular appearance on her show. And then eventually that spun off into his own syndicated daily television show, Dr. Phil. And that was produced by Oprah Winfrey's Harpo Studios. And that's where we are today with Dr. Phil. So that's how we got to know Dr. Phil. But remember, I didn't say like, who is Dr. Phil? I said, uh, I want to show you how he became Dr. Phil. That Dr. Phil doesn't really care about your mental health. Dr. Phil cares about his wallet. So, I wish we had some sound effect for, you know, cha-ching. cash register. Yeah. Well, we'll just do that. We'll do that next time. Cha-ching. Post-production. Exactly. Any whoosie whatsie. So what happens here is that Dr. Phil has his own show and he gets a taste of fame. Now, some of this is I'm just like spinning this because like, I don't know. I don't know Dr. Phil. I don't know what his private thoughts are. I don't know if he sits at home and is like, I'm just famous and getting all famey. I don't know. <laughs> but he has this taste of fame. And it sort of like sparks something in him where it's it's sure the show that he does, Dr. Phil, is sort of an advice based show. So he brings on guests 
who are struggling with some area of their their lives. And then he does like the, you know, the shoot from the hip treatment, the tough love treatment and tells them about themselves. And then they ride off into the sunset and like, you know, whatever. So like that's sort of the way the, the show goes. But he starts to do all this other stuff on the side. Like, for example, do you remember his weight loss products? I don't, oddly, but remind me, that might be in there somewhere. Okay, so he, in 2003, he did what people do and who, who are famous, who've been all famey, and he lent his name and image to this line of nutritional supplements. And um, it was like, it was, I mean, it's, it is like the kind of stuff that we see everywhere on Instagram today, right? It's like, you know, the vitamin packets, the meal replacement yeah. drink, drinks. Just slap your name on it. Yep, just put his name on it. It was called, the brand name was Shape Up. And um, this was like a Texas startup company. Of course, because he's from Texas. Right. And then he decided like, oh, I'm going to do something good with this. So he put a certain percentage of the sales to be directed to the Dr. Phil Foundation which is a charity that he created okay. well, that works on familiar. issues such as childhood obesity. So he put his name on the diet products mm-hmm. to benefit childhood obesity yeah, problems. See, this, this is like, this is a good old uh, Texas story of like, you know, you, the guy, he like strikes oil, right? And yep. then just, and the oil, of course, is the fame that Oprah has gifted him. You know, like Oprah gave him some land and he struck oil on it. I don't know what the analogy is. But anyway, so he does that. And then it's like the Texas version of of this experience just includes all sorts of technicolor. Like, just throw your name on this and throw your name on that. I'm Dr. Phil and we can put it on a bag and we can put it on a hat and right. we can put it... And so that just, you know, there's not really a lot of forethought. It's, it's not like a Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, meditated retreat experience where she, you know, he comes back after a month long um, sort of meditation <laughs> on how to advance his career and what to do with all this newfound fame. It's just like stick my name on it while people understand what a Dr. Phil is and they'll buy this and I'll make tons of money. Right. Like, yeah. And he's like, I'm a Dr. Phil and everybody knows what a Dr. Which, Phil is. Which, by the way... Can we just say that, like, and I don't know if this is the direction you're going, so please tell me to to put a fork in it. Are you going to talk about his license? No. Oh, because I'm going to get to that. No, all I was going to say is that the the way I came to Dr. Phil, or the thing I think I sort of first understood about what a Dr. Phil was, is he was a guy who was going to yell at you and tell you how horrible you are. And the reason everybody loved him and the reason that he sort of took off um, and Oprah sort of, you know, appreciated him for what he was, was his ability to sort of, I'm going to cut through all the crap and tell you the truth, even though... It was like, well, the reason people don't tell you that those things is because it's mean and it's rude. Yeah. No. So. And you're right. So that was the that was the thing that was um, that, uh, you know, uh, according to Oprah, that Oprah really needed at that time of her life was that sort of cut through the crap kind of yeah. um, conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the rest of the world requires that. No, but, but everybody loves it on a TV show, right? When it's directed at somebody yep. else. Yep. Exactly. Because we're like, we're all thinking that you're ugly. Now we're going to tell you you're <laughs> exactly. ugly. You're ugly. So here's what happens with this weight loss. I want to get through the weight loss product yeah. thing because then I got to talk about his license. So he, um, so, you know, he's got this, like, he's got his name and his image on this uh, Shape Up brand. And three con- consumers then end up filing a lawsuit in 2004 
Did they not shape up? It, they didn't shape up. And that was part of the problem. I mean, they basically were like, this stuff is crap. <laughs> and, and in 2006, they reached a $10.5 million settlement. And I think that was the end of his weight loss brand. And it just sort of like rode off into the sunset. Like you never saw Dr. Phil, his mug on another shake. You never saw his mug yeah, on another shake. he learned his lesson. Exactly. But here's the thing about his license that I find super interesting. When you say license, you're talking about his, his, um, his, his what, what his, license? His license Law? to practice psychological therapy. Oh. So oh remember God. how we talked about Dr. Oz is like an actual practicing doctor. Like he actually yeah. has a practice that he works in and like he sees patients. Well, Dr. Phil, so the way that it works, as far as I can understand, is like in order to keep up your license, you have to renew it oh, sure. every you know certain interval. Yeah. Well, apparently... In uh, 2006, he was like, basically like, I'm a big enough deal. I don't need to practice psychological therapy. And he let his license go. So he has not been licensed since 2006. Now, the reason why that matters is like in order to maintain a license, you have to put in a certain amount of like education hours to stay current. Also, if you're going to call yourself Dr. Phil, you might want to keep your license. Exactly. (laughs) But he just was like, deuces, I don't need that Like, I already made the name. People know me as Dr. Phil. Screw that. Yeah, screw that. So he's screwed that. So he hasn't been licensed since 2006, but he's still doing his show. He worked together with his son, Jay, to form a production company. Mm. And he's had multiple spinoffs, including but not limited to the ill-fated Dr. Phil house. What the Which, heck is a Dr. Phil house? It was like Big Brother, but with Dr. Phil people. Oh, something tells me you watched this. Oh, gosh, no, but I okay. wish I would have. People um, that don't know you wouldn't understand, but you tend I, to watch the most random be right up my reality alley. shows. It's true. That would be right up my alley. Hillbilly hand fishing. And then we did like that show. Um, and then, you know, and then he and then his biggest, most popular spinoff is the show The Doctors, which he did in conjunction with his son yeah and that show i think is still airing uh it was in oh, its yeah. 12th season and, in 2019 so and just to show you that this is this is it continues is that one of the hosts of the doctors i don't know like i don't watch the doctors but i can recognize a mm-hmm. host of the doctors mm-hmm. and one of the hosts is uh regularly still advertising like his favorite supplements because i for whatever reason, when I'm on TV, I've, when I'm on TV, when I'm watching yeah. TV, oh, that was an, clearly <laughs> an inner monologue. Um, no, when I watch TV, I've seen these uh, supplement commercials where he's like, the only turmeric supplement I believe in is this one. And I'm like, aren't you like a legitimate doctor and you're... And that's you know, the thing. Yeah. Is that they are, they were, they're, they are legitimate doctors. He's I wearing don't know scrubs where, in the commercial. Okay. So I'm wondering if that's... So the, one of the guys is uh, Travis Stork. He was I'll an ER up. physician. Look him up because he was on The Bachelor. So like, again, this oh, yeah. is like those. That's totally Is him. that the guy yep. that does the supplements? Yes. So th- the th- these are people who are like, they're doctors, but they want to be famous doctors. He's like, I'm a pretty doctor and yes. I look good on camera. So I'm going to doctor on TV. So again, it's like they're all of the same. They're all kind of cut from the same cloth where they're like, I do this thing. But what I really want to do is have my star on the Hollywood walk, you know? Yeah. So like then again, that like that piece, that secondary, the, the what what their vocation is becomes secondary to all the money that they're going to bring in yeah. by just being who they are, which mm-hmm. again goes back to my p- 
previous thesis, Dr. Phil, less about your mental health, more more about about how much money he can make. Squeezing some dollar bills. Although I will say that um, unlike Dr. Oz, I don't feel like Dr. Phil has been as successful in the marketing product line experience, mostly because I imagine this legal or, you know, the the problems he's had. Yeah. Yeah. I think he got burned. Well, here, okay. I'm about to, I'm about to tell you a story that you don't, I don't think you know that is going to bring this all kind of to, to the, you know, to, we're going to just, everything's going to coalesce right here. Because do you know about his involvement with Britney Spears? Let me think about this. I feel like there is an obvious story here and we probably talked about it on the show. I don't think we did. Oh. So this happened in January of 2008 and Britney Spears, who famously has struggled with her own mental health for a very long time. In 2008, Britney Spears was hospitalized. And didn't he try to get into the hospital or something? Oh, yes. Okay. This is sounding vaguely familiar. Okay, So again, remember, what's the thesis, Bradley? He wants your money, not your health and well-being. He's all about the money, money, money. He's like, this is about like ratings and money and eyeballs and not necessarily about the best interest of the people. Mm -hmm. So he decides, like, I'm going to go visit Britney Spears in her hospital room. I'm Dr. Phil. So he doctor fills his way into Britney Spears hospital room. I'm not joking. Like this actually happened. And while he's there, he's trying to talk Britney's parents into allowing her, Britney Spears, Britney Spears, like the biggest pop star who has just had like the most public break in front of everybody. Yeah, which is why you can understand why Dr. Phil thinks, this is my moment. Right, so like ambulance chaser, yeah. right? Like he's like, uh, oh my gosh, the pop star darling is needs me. I'm going to take her on my show. Like, is this really what we're going to do right now? Oh, but yeah. Dr. Phil That's makes sense, doing. right? Because he wants your money. So he uh, weasels his way into the hospital room, starts talking to the parents. He's basically like, hey, you know, we're going to do this intervention thing on on Dr. Phil. And, you know, I'd like for Brittany to be a part of it. And then he leaves the hospital and issues public statements regarding Brittany Spears. And the Spears family is like, uh, negative. No, yeah. no, sorry, Bob. Like, Get out of here. You... And, and as much as the Spears family has had you know, had some questionable um, issues in recent years. I mean, the entire I'm, Britney Spears experience which has stick been a questionable. That. We, we'll do a po- yeah. we'll do a podcast on that someday. Um, that's a whole different podcast. But but at that time when she they were really good about keeping everything private. Mm-hmm. And so this was like the Spears family was like, no, thank you, Dr. Phil. We are not interested. And the family issued a statement and basically said, like, he betrayed our trust. And he's not helping the family situation. He caused additional damage. And then a bunch of mental health professionals came out of the woodwork and were like, that was like so completely against any kind of, you know, moral code for psychologists. And yeah, like, this is not OK. It's because the, that's and Dr. Phil does not care. Like, that's no. the thing that that's the trap that it's a trap. It's a trap. Um, that's the thing that people fall for is like Dr. Phil doesn't care that you actually have a critique about his, you know, conflicts of interest. He just trades in the publicity 
because that's his bottom line. I mean, again, central to everything we've been talking about. And he's not alone in this. Again, he's he is just a very successful example of it. But but the in fact, the controversy inflates his importance in Mm -hmm. a way because it gives further oxygen and he lives on that oxygen. So he doesn't care carbon dioxide. I don't I don't know science. No. And no. I don't know how and, this works, but what but I'm saying is you know what? Is, you don't pretend like you do and try to take people's money. <laughs> it's true, but I would and I probably should have <laughs> done that a lot many years ago. But no, he like whatever is produced as a result of the criticism, he feeds off of that just as much as he feeds off of the publicity, you know, that he thinks is, you know, positive or that people the things that people like about him is as monetarily valuable yes. to him as the, you know, the fuel or the the byproduct of of the people that can't stand him and come after yeah, him. That- so that's the mistake that critics make is like, oh, let's go after him because it, and it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep. It's Dr. Oz. It's so many people. I mean, that's the evil genius of it, right? Okay, so this actually has nothing to do with my thesis, but I'm petty and I just want to add it. So, We're not um, opposed to petty, so. No, thank you. So um, part of going deep in the shallow is exposing your petty. So Dr. Phil, you know, he's married to Robin. And what do we know about Robin? Oh, I know a lot about Robin, but not really about her life. I just know what kind of person uh, she is when she's sitting in a chair and what she <laughs> likes to have next to her. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, I want to get to that because it is actually important. So, um, but Phil McGraw, Robin is not Phil, Dr. Phil's first wife. And I, I did not realize this. Mm. He married his f- first wife. I bet it um, was his high school sweetheart. It was. She was a cheerleader and homecoming oh, queen. Her name was Debbie Higgins McCall. And they got married in 1970 when he was 20 years old. But he cheated on her. Um, well, not exactly, but I I'll get to that. That was a judgment. Sorry. That's okay. What, what, that's what we do best. Apparently, she has said in statements that do- that Dr. Phil was domineering and would not allow her to participate oh. in the family business. She claims that she was confined to domestic duties. Oh, God. And instructed, re- wait for it. Are you ready? Are you ready to begin lifting weights to improve her bust line? Uh, and he's the kind of guy, I imagine, who goes to the woman and is like, look, uh, I love you and you love me. Mm-hmm. And in order to be the best version of yourself, you have to take care of yourself. And the best way to take care of you, and look, I don't care what you look like, <laughs> but by doing these bust exercises, you are going to be a better person. <laughs> and the whole time you're just like, no, you just want to see my bust. Yeah. You just want me to you have You just big want boobs. me to be sexy. Yeah. Because, and you're using all your big words to try to make me feel bad about myself well, and like manipulating uh using your psychology yeah. stuff nice try buddy yeah exactly so anyway so they end up getting divorced in 1973 i'm sorry nope they end up getting an annulment mm. in 1973 okay. and that is the time when he began dating robin and we all know robin because robin is on every episode of dr phil sitting in her chair and they walk out together holding hands yeah. every single episode. Now, Bradley, because <laughs> like I said, this had nothing to do with the thesis that Dr. Phil doesn't care about your mental health. He only cares about money. This is just straight up petty. You actually visited the set of Dr. Phil and you know all the things about Robin well, and where she sits. <laughs> I, I really know. Don't oversell it. I went <laughs> to, I toured Paramount Studios and one of the stops on the tour is, of course, uh, the set of Dr. Phil. It's also the set of the doctors, or at least adjacent, attached to that, to Dr. Yeah, Phil's family set. family business. Is the doctors. And I was like, ooh, the doctor set. This is amazing. But the Dr. Phil set, you know, they the, the docent, or I forget what they call the... 
the people page. that the page yeah mm-hmm. they take you on the tour they're telling you all the facts about dr phil and it's like literally the most watched talk show i mean there are all these superlatives because about the again, dr phil show everybody loves to watch him yell at other people yeah which again what does that tell us about, Welcome to <laughs> about the world? I guess it tells you the same thing that we're trying to tell you by taking down Dr. Phil on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what we spend a half hour of our life doing. But I was sitting, unbeknownst to me, in Robin's chair Ooh. in the audience because they bring you into the studio. You sit down and then they go, now, everybody look around. Do you see anything different about where you're sitting? And nobody does. And I do. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's there's like a thing of cough drops. And like some hand wipes. <laughs> wow. And and then they're like, yeah, that's where uh, doc- well, I, again, it wasn't Dr. Phil doing the tour. Sorry. It was like, <laughs> this is where Dr. Phil's wife Robin sits and everybody's like, ooh. And I again, I don't watch Dr. Phil. I know of Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Dr. Phil and all the things that he's achieved in his, his life. Success. <laughs> and I'm glad the page has a job. <laughs> and, but I'm like, oh, OK, it's where his wife sits. Then they go to great care to tell me and to tell uh, everyone on the tour all of the things that they have done for Robin and this chair experience, because she's sitting sort of like right at the center. So she's like the the focus, right? Mm -hmm. In the audience. Mm -hmm. Well, straight ahead from my sight line where I'm sitting in her chair is a special set of lights that have been installed to shove light directly onto Robin. Mm -hmm. Like... Not the rest of the audience, like to give her like her own special lighting. She has like a glow, a special glow. Exactly. So she's got her, you know, and it's a comfort. It's it. It was the other thing was it had arms. The chair had arms so she could rest her arms. None of the other chairs have arms. And they were like, and her chair has arms. And I was like, okay, so what's the big deal? She got arms on her chair. But you can tell clearly that Robin is a part of the, you know, the life, the, the personality that they're selling well it totally is and she's like the doting supportive wife which is so you know of a piece right like the wife that sits in the front row and watches her husband just rescue people and 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 change their lives and and then at the end he gets up to walk out and stops and she stands up and holds his hand and they walk out together she's supporting her man which is just creepy if you think about it because again 20 it's oh because it's like i need to use my wife to sign off on yes the 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 pile of doo-doo that i'm trying to sell like my wife is giving this an air of authenticity like oh if he has a good relationship then i can take his yelling and belly aching you know and, and boisterous nature like it must be really he must be really successful because he's got a successful marriage and mm-hmm. his wife clearly loves him. Mm-hmm. It's all just pantomime slash kabuki for, you know, lining yeah. his wallet to line his wallet. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it has worked. We saw the inside of one of the homes that he is selling recently. And it is. Oh, my God. Insane. That's isn't that the thing? Like, that's when you start to see like, oh, oh. Oh, you're taking us all for a ride yes. because the the life that you're portraying, like I'm just a tough, no nonsense, shoot from the hip kind of guy. Well, you look like any other, you know, disgustingly wealthy. Like I, I, you just see sort of through the the mirage that he's 
crafted exactly. for himself on television, I and guess. that is what we're here to do on Go Deep in the Shallow, is expose for you and get you thinking critically about who you are paying attention to and why you're paying attention to them and maybe a little bit about what they're really trying to do, which is take your money. Um... So that's it. That's I um, feel like I feel like we've proven our case. Can I just really because now you've gotten me thinking about all this. Where do we think Dr. Phil is going to end up in this world? Because I kind of just feel like who's buying. I mean, I guess I know. But like, are people still buying what Dr. Phil is selling? I don't know. And, I, you know, listen, I wonder how he will fare on the other side of 2020. Right. Like as we sort of come through this pandemic, which, by the way, and I didn't even bring this up and I don't even really want to remember, he 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 made some big missteps early in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. He yep. was telling people that it was all fine. Was, uh, yeah. was making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. So so I don't know. He's I don't think he's on the right side of history when it comes to this pandemic. And I think, you know, perhaps as we grow out of 2020 and we sort of reevaluate who we are as a culture. I don't know. I hope that happens a little bit. I wonder if people aren't going to be a little bit more mm, less enamored with Dr. Phil and what he's peddling. He certainly is probably overdue for a reinvention, but I and, and I'll be curious. He's also fine, you guys. Like he's also fine. He's got enough money. <laughs> oh my god, fine is an understatement. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He could literally walk away and not yeah. do another day's work and be and be you know completely successful for the rest of his live long days. Okay, uh, you know I I don't know, but and his son is taking over. Like his son is sort of Which like one? the he's... next um Jay, I believe. Jay McGraw. Jay McGraw is the one who he has this production company with who produces the doctors. And I just think, you know, that's the next step. I mean, they've been incredibly successful. So, like, clearly there's something there there, which is why we're talking about him. It's It fascinates me. Um, I just feel like it's going to be less and less successful. However, the lesson uh, that he has taught people will continue to endure much to our chagrin and it will come through people like his son probably but like people are watching him be successful and they will then try to emulate that and they've already done that clearly and i think the lesson might be maybe this is an example of other people like dr phil that when you catch lightning in a bottle and you have oprah put her name on you you have to maximize that opportunity regardless of oh, your yeah. character or your own personal mm-hmm. um, scruples. <laughs> scruples. Like, scruples be damned. Oprah loves me. Let's make money. Yeah, like, let's put the screw in scruples. Screw that. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so I just want to give everybody an update. We are going to take a little break from going deep in the show. It's been so much fun. Oh my gosh. No, it's been a joy. We're just (laughs) going to take a little break uh, and then we'll come back on the other side of the new year with a whole bunch of other items to go deep in the shallow about. But I do want to remind everybody if there's something you want us to go deep in the shallow on, we are happy to do it. Trust us. We are like a dog with a bone. So all you have to do is send us an email to just the tip. At GoDeepInTheShallow.com. Actually, I take that back, scratch it, reverse it. Just the tip at DeepInTheShallow.com. Send us an email there, and then we will take all of those uh, suggestions into account as we design our next sort of foray into going deep in the shallow. We know what we like to talk about, but what are the things you want us to go deep in the shallow on? And we will totally go there. And And we very well maybe have already done it and forgotten about it. So just remind us. Thank you. Trust us. Oh, also, please download all your favorite episodes, share them with your friends, like it on iTunes and elsewhere, leave a 
review and just spread the good news. That yeah. would mean so much to us. We don't ask for much we other really than don't. your time, which is actually a lot. So thank you for doing that. And thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon when we uh, go deep in the shallow again. Bye. Bye.